Hello friends, my name is Patrick Little and welcome to A Little History, the show that takes a look at human history a little differently. I'm an ancient history major and an all-round nerd for all things history. I love telling stories, talking shit and cracking beers. So won't you join me as I present some of the well-known and not so well-known stories of our history. Sometimes I have a guest coming in cold and sometimes it's just you and me. This first season, The Mythology Apology, we'll be looking at some of the stories that we have been telling each other for thousands of years. A look at the mythology and folklore from many of our cultures. Stories that seek to explain everything from the world around us, warnings against messing with the higher powers, or sometimes just for the sheer entertainment. So settle in, drink them if you got them, get ready to laugh, and hopefully learn something new about the glorious mess that is our history. With a little shit-talking and silly sound effects as well. Ha <laughs> we're the harpies and we're back, you prick. I'm sharing my office with a baby. You know what, what I've already been through, yeah, right, I'll probably just do that. And he kicks you in the water. That's out of order. I'm no detective, but I think they've actually had us on, yeah? How did we get to a shirt shitting on people? I know, she's probably got a magic vagina or something which keeps you distracted, but... We're competent over here, Dad. <laughs> it's not doing <laughs> shit for us. <laughs> I'm gonna make a little frog do different times. But unfortunately, Gina Davis isn't rocking any of those skills. <laughs> and she's, she's killed pretty soon. Now, are you looking to shift the cat's allegiance? Go for good grand hand. Put the bags away. We're not going anywhere now. <laughs> you think in one of those 20 heads, you'd have a freaking good idea. <laughs> no. I mean, they've got parties with boxes, people eating semen. This is just a riot. They said I was mad. They said I was mad when I did that. <laughs> but I showed them. Who's mad now? <laughs> now kill him and take his foot. I'm a walking zombie burner. Welcome back, everybody, to a little history podcast. Uh, you've caught us again. Uh, we are continuing our story. A retelling of Jason and the Argonauts. Uh, we're up to part three, and uh, to follow me or to join us with this uh, in this wonderful retelling, uh, we have Nicholas again. Hello, Nicholas. How are you? Hello, hello. I'd like to apologise uh, for dragging out the last one. I think that's me and my my tangents went a little bit wayward. So uh, as a result, it's it's called for number three. And uh, anyways. <laughs> that's- that's three of prob- probably four or five episodes, not to uh, not to spoil, but mate, it's a bit of a tale. Oh, really? Ah, okay. I, right. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel uh, I wouldn't feel bad about that at all, mate. It was, uh, it was lots of fun. I re- I retract my apology and I say, cop that. <laughs> Retracted. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I will uh, I, I will give out there to the listeners just a bit of a oh not really an apology, just a disclaimer, I guess, uh, just with the. Uh, what would you say, the scheduling of these recordings. Um, this will come after episode one, oh, sorry, part one of the uh, story of Shuten Doji, which I've done with uh, my brother Matt, which you guys would have heard. Um, this will come out after that, if just just the way scheduling came. So the way, unfortunately, it doesn't quite, uh, episodes don't sit back to back to back on this one, but uh, mate, you guys can find the episodes that you need. Uh, on the list. And speaking of that, uh, so we're f- retelling the story in this episode of uh, Jason's legendary quest for the Golden Fleece. Uh, and if you mm. haven't heard the earlier episodes, uh, feel free to uh, check out episode 25 and 26 
uh, just to get up to speed with the story so far. But hey, if you guys don't like uh, any backstory and like to get uh, thrown straight on in, here we go. Uh, but also your first reminder to hit the like icon and uh, make sure you follow us, follow the show wherever you're hearing us today. It really does make a difference and helps us a lot. Uh, and so with that, let, uh, let's get into it. Recap. So to recap, our heroes have left Iolcus with the quest set down by King Peleus to retrieve the legendary Golden Fleece from the distant land of Colchis. Now, after leaving Iolcus, uh, the first they first land at the island of Lemnos, finding only women on the island. Uh, it turns out Aphrodite made the women stinky to the <laughs> menfolk of Lemnos uh, because they the women didn't sacrifice to the goddess, uh, resulting in the murder of all the men. Uh, on the island, uh, except for King Thoas, of course, um, and some other peeps. Uh, Jason and uh, most of his crew hang out on the island for a year and hook up with the Lemnian women until Heracles uh, pulls them up and gets their asses into gear for some adventuring. Uh, after Lemnos, uh, the Argo finds port in the land of the Doliones uh, on the western coast of Phrygia, uh, where they are welcomed by their king, Cyzicus. Uh, a party has had a bunch of uh, of Goros a fort, and the Argo is uh, departs, only to be blown back to the Dolionis territory. In one of the worst cases of mistaken identity, there is a battle, and the Dolionis are decimated by the Argonauts, mm-hmm. uh, with King Sisychus being killed by Jason himself in single combat. Uh, after the funeral, a bunch of apologies uh, are made, uh, and then Jason hears it from a bird that it's time to be heading off. And the Argo pushes off again towards its goal. So uh, not the best start to their mission for these guys, it must be said. Uh, no. But let's let's see if they can lift their game a bit, hey? Mm. So let's keep going, hey? Yeah, let's keep going. Beautiful. So <laughs> the Argo has left the lands of the Dolionis for a second time. And with the winds and the sea being calm at the moment, the oarsmen of the ship drive the vessel as hard as they can. Uh, no doubt trying to put as much distance between them and their fuck-up uh, <laughs> as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Argonauts now find themselves in the Canyon lands of which the river Chios uh, flows. So think like north northwestern Phrygia. So still the, uh, the, the northwestern side of Turkey. That sort of uh, region, and also as a side note, where where the word kiosk actually came from, uh, when you go to buy a paddle pop or any sort of a ice cream from, say, you know, a kiosk, just remember that it's it's come from kiosk. That's a fabrication, y'all, because uh, the <laughs> different spelling altogether. Uh, it's not a kiosk; uh, it's a kiosk. So it's a C I U S. Total lie. So, uh, there it is, kiosk, the river. <laughs> Another lie. Uh, this a, land, there are many. Uh, this, yes, this land of which the river Chios flows is inhabited by the Mycenaean people, mm-hmm. uh, who, much like the Dolionis, are incredibly hospitable to Jason and his crew upon their arrival. Also, where mice were invented. Yep, uh, the Mycenaeans brought abundance of food and wine, as well as dried wood and leaves to make makeshift beds for the crew. Just like what mice do, isn't it? Yeah. yeah they- <laughs> <laughs> the plan being that the Mycenaeans are going to make a massive sacrifice to the god Apollo, then have a mad feast afterwards, which the Argonauts are obviously to be guests of. 
So you think, uh, you know, a bit similar to the Argonauts and how they uh, went about with the Dolionis. So mm-hmm. you've got to think maybe trouble's brewing, maybe a repeat yeah. effort. Uh, you never know. Uh, you might think that, but uh, for one difference, Heracles. Heracles. The greatest of the Greeks and mm-hmm. constant shipminder uh, has gone ashore in search of some good timber. Friend to rodents as well. Yep. Yep, yep, he's, he's big on that. Uh, you see, in the massive feat of strength and endurance of rowing the Argo away from the land of the Dolionis a second time, he unfortunately snapped his oar as a result. Now, you know, he'd been pretty red-faced about uh, breaking his oar, and he was like, spent the rest of the, the ship ride on the way to uh, up, up the river Kies. Uh, just glowering at his fellow crewmates because he had nothing mm-hmm. to do on the voyage. So Heracles is a man of action, and he had, he had nothing to do, and so he was quite uh, he was he's quite shirty about that one. Uh, you mean glowering or glowing? What? Do you mean no, glowering. glowering? Like yeah. uh, like like leering? Not leering so much leering. More like I'm super angry that I can't do anything, and you guys get to row, I don't get to row because I, I broke my oar. Rar. Like luckily he's got ang- his rodent friends. Well, not yet, because he hasn't arrived there yet, has he, Nick? Ah, uh, right, of course. Oh, you pull some fun. weird tangents, yeah. <laughs> uh, and with the opportunity to uh, fashion himself a mighty new ore, Heracles resisted his natural urges, that being uh, to look after the Argo, whilst most of his shipmates chuff off and have themselves a bit, uh, you know, a bit of fun, get themselves into a bit of strife. Uh, he decides to set off into the forest to find a good, good piece of wood to make a new ore out of. The perfect number. Mm. Uh, now Heracles finds a 10 out of 10 pine tree and rips it roots and all from the ground. Mm. Yeah, because he's, he's, still, he's still pretty bloody strong. Mightily strong. He's a mighty man. Mighty man. Mm. Probably the mm. strongest man on the planet. Well, at that time, probably. Mm. I suppose you'll never know. He couldn't be compared to anybody else. Well, no. Just... Mm. Andre the Giant is no longer with us, so... No, it wasn't even. He wasn't even there, was he? No. Although maybe he was. Maybe Andre's older than we think he is. Mm. But he also died. Well, I don't know he he grew very steadily, didn't he? And didn't stop growing. I think that's what Andre Giant had was a some sort of growth disease. So I suppose not, he couldn't have been sure. around. Maybe. Now let's I'm stay with sure. this. I, I, I think we should, you know, really pay homage to Andre the Giant and his and his uh, wonderful ways. Well, he definitely one of a kind, not just physically, but also his uh, outlook and the way Mm. he lived his life. Goodness me. And back to the story. Uh, So Heracles is feeling pretty good about himself now. Uh, Mm. He's got what he needs to make uh, make a Heracles-sized ore and, uh, you know, and go out and and, and get a bit of frustration out in a tree as well. So good for Mm -hmm. him. He's feeling feeling pretty good about it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now, at the same time that this is going on, uh, he, there is an Argonaut uh, by the name of Hylas, who is also running an errand. Now, mm. the fellow by the name of Hylas, he joined the expedition and is referred to it in some of the accounts as Heracles's squire. Mm. Uh, some also uh, put him down as his lover, and others sort of somewhere in between. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't doesn't really matter. But what it tells us about Hylas and Heracles is that they have quite a close relationship. The best of friends. There was a lot of uh, you know, like love and you know, and and fornication was you know was so free in those times, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, there was a lot a lot less of a uh, a stigma or any sort of really real negative connotations towards it. It was like, oh yep, yeah, sweet. Like that's men cool. sleeping with men, women with women, you know, but crossover here and there. 
And then, yeah. you know, even even perhaps mice might have made their way in there. I'm going to probably uh, give that a solid no. I don't, I don't reckon. But maybe, maybe. I see you're running with mice this episode. That'll be cool. Uh, yeah. That's yep. where, that's where I, that's, see, this is where I fool you. The question is how long will he stay with mice before he moves along? Oh, it's true. Well, the question lingers. Yes. Yeah. But uh, we, we've already missed, uh, you know, our, our, our chance with Andre the Giant. Let's go back to him. Andre the Giant, lovely man, and uh, a real stellar man. Also a very handsome man, and uh, was found inside his mother's womb, where most babies are found, and uh, came into this world, and uh, then just grew. And uh, unlike, say, the likes of, say, Patrick and myself, where we stopped growing it, Probably the you know the the age of twenty, Andre continued to grow, and uh, and until he could grow no more, and he died. Five minutes later, but there are rumours that his skeleton grows still. Whatever happened to that skeleton, nobody knows. And so I say to you, Andre the Giant, please stop growing, in case you outgrow your coffin, because. It won't fit. Riveting stuff there, Nicholas. Riveting. Uh, <laughs> homage to uh, Andre. And back to the story. Uh, so with Heracles off uprooting trees, Hylas decides to grab uh, a bronze jug and goes off to in search of uh, some, some, some of the sacred flow of the mountain. So he's looking mm. for a cool mountain spring water. Cool mountain spring water. <laughs> it's so refreshing. To bring back, uh, bring back to the camp. So he packs pretty light as he goes because he reckons he'll be he'll have no time before he's back. Uh, so he's back at camp, ready for Hercules's or sorry, ready for Heracles's return. I like how you always say Heracles. You know, you're 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 doing you're liking you're correcting your your public because they're so used to Hercules. Well, well, I I refer to him as Heracles, and I occasionally slip up and say Hercules because that was my upbringing. But I'm like, no, nah, it's a Greek poem, so why not use the Greek name Heracles? Not Hercules, if you please. Correct. Uh, so after some time, so it's by this time it's night time, so it's a little bit further than he thought, uh, mm. Hylas comes upon the stream known to the local inhabitants as Pegai. Mm. So now the Pegai happened to be the spot where a bunch of water nymphs hung out and uh, did their dances to, uh, to honour the goddess Artemis, the goddess of the hunt. Uh, mm. So it's, you know, it's a place to be. Uh, now, most of the nymphs uh, were still off in the land doing nymph stuff, uh, but there was one uh, one who was still still in the area, and she comes rising out of the water. Her name is Cyprus. Cyprus! Mm-hmm. Same-ish as the island, but uh, I don't believe there's much to do with that. Uh, okay, now, Cyprus no is a bit... Yeah, no, she's a bit flushed uh, with the side of Hylas, and uh, mm-hmm. as he dips the bronze jug into the cool spring mountain water, it would be quite an honour, though, wouldn't it, to be named, you know, to an island be named after this lady? I suppose. Well, yeah. Hmm. But anyways, yes, please go mm. on. So anyway, yeah, she uh, she sees him dipping the bronze jug into the cool spring water, and she's like, "Oh yes, gotta get me a piece of that," and. Uh, <laughs> Cyprus reaches out with a hand to give Hylas a little speech. Mm. Uh, we don't get Hylas's words, unfortunately, but we can imagine that the young lad was a bit startled by what was going on. And 
He's right to be, uh, because the other hand of a cypress grabs the youth and plunges him into the water with her. Oh no, I've been grabbed. Hylas mm. uh, manages to get a uh, get a cry out, which is heard off in the distance by one of his fellow shipmates, a mm. fellow named Polyphemus. Polyphemus. Polyphemus was also walking in the area in that direction just to keep an eye out for the return of Heracles. He obviously mm. wanted to see see Heracles's all, be the first one to see Heracles's all. It would seem. It's a mighty all. Mm. So he was off the, for that. The, the he, new all he's fashioned. He's yes. This pine yes. tree. He's like, I can't wait for Heracles to come back with that pine tree. I want to see it. Be the, be the first to see it. Ah, uh, so I can tell everyone. Unfortunately, he ran into a whole lot of mice and he swept them all away and broke the new ore on all the mice, trying to paddle them down. And the mice, they, they, they didn't Heracles know Heracles or Polyphemus? Both of them. Right. In, they they both encountered the mice. Despite being, you know, the rodents being friends to Heracles, the mice turned on Heracles. And Heracles was very perplexed. And so he looked to uh, to polymonogamous. Polyphemus. Polyphemus, thank you. <laughs> Probably not monogamous either. And uh, and and he they swatted the the mice until all the mice and their mycean folk were swept into the into the river. And mice, I don't know if they can swim, but uh, they did clog up that river. And to they this prefer day, not to. <laughs> they prefer not to swim. <laughs> Yeah, as you were. And back to the story. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Polyphemus, he hears the cries of Hylas, and fearing the lad to be in danger, he draws his sword and sets off at full pace in pursuit of the cries. But no, it's not long until he bumps into Heracles on the path. Heracles! And you mm. sort of sit there and go, why didn't Heracles hear Hylas's cries? It's not known. But uh, Polyphemus is like, Heracles! Mate, your boy is missing. Uh, he went to gather some cool mountain spring water and he hasn't returned. I heard his cry and, f- and, and, and fear he might be taken by bandits or attacked by wild animals. What are we going to do? Heracles responds, kill them all mice. Kill them all. Well, not 100%, but uh, Heracles does brim with sweat and his mood turns dark and the giant of a man is like, fuck this pine and he hurls the massive pine tree to the ground, and both he and Polyphemus head off into the forest through the darkness of night towards the direction of Hylas's cries. Mm-hmm. Now, hours later, back at the Argo, Argo, the rest of its crew are rising from sleep or just now returning from the festivities of the night with the Mycians. So uh, it's... And at this time... Uh, quoting uh, Apollonius of Rhodes, when the morning star rose above the topmost peaks and the breeze swept down, end quote, that Typhus, the legendary helmsman, beckons all, uh, all, 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 of the, all that are there that the conditions for sailing are perfect and that everyone should make ready to sail immediately. And the crew all agree and the Argo sets sail in the early morning gloom to continue their quest. Now, it isn't until the sun finally appears that the crew realise that some of their group are missing. That being Polyphemus, Hylas, and Heracles. Mm-hmm. So, you sort of go, okay, now maybe you could excuse the crew for omitting or forgetting Polyphemus and Hylas. You know, there's a lot of people on board, remember? Uh, yeah. But Heracles, the, he's the greatest of the Greeks. The guy you wanted to lead your expedition and the bloke who went to gather the ore because he broke his 
uh, rowing your asses to safety. It's like leaving the bloke who uh, went to get you a new part for your car, like a new <laughs> a new part for your engine, and they just leave him behind. Yeah, it's quite dopey, really, isn't it? <laughs> quite, quite appalling. Yep. But anyways, uh, the awkward realisation is on everyone's got everyone. Faces. Yeah. <laughs> sure? Yes, we've got everyone. Stop asking. We're off. I just don't, have we done the head count? What about the guy who's the greatest of the Greeks? The massive guy. Can you see him? <laughs> yeah, he's fine. He's here. There he is. Surely. Andre? Yeah, he's there. Are you sure you mean Andre and not Heracles? Forget about it. Can we please get on? I'm getting very tired on this boat. Let's catch this tide. Let's go. So just get on with it. Anyways, uh, the awkward realisation is on everyone's faces and a fierce quarrel breaks out on deck about the leaving behind of Heracles. Uh, Pylos and Polyphemus too, uh, but definitely more more focused at the leaving of Heracles. That's, that's the big thing. Mm. And all the while, Jason sits silent, uh, weighed down by the burden written on his bewildered face. So he's obviously feeling a bit... Uh, he's feeling the pressure but he's not mm. really throwing accusations or anything like that. He's just feeling a bit uh, brooding, I think you'd say. He's a bit glum yes. and brooding. Uh, and at that time, Telamon. The prophesizer, that's definitely a word. Uh, the bloke who had a row with uh, Idas in part one. Hey guys, Pat from the future here. It was actually Itmon who had the row with Idas in part two. I had a bit of a brain fart and uh, put down Telamon. In, uh, in this script. This is Telemon having a row with Jason, though. My bad. All right, back to the present. Is ropeable and gives Jason his two cents. So I'm going to quote from Apollonius of Rhodes for this one. Quote, mm-hmm. This is, uh, by the way, this is, uh, this is Telemon uh, addressing Jason. He goes, Sit there at thy ease, for it was fitting to thee to leave Heracles behind. By the way, there's no mention of Polyphemus or Hylas. No. Uh, from the project arose, so that his glory throughout Hellas, as in Greece, should not overshadow thee. If so be that heaven grants us return home, but what pleasure is there in words? For I will go, I only, with none of thy comrades who have helped thee in this treachery. So pretty much Tel- Telamon is saying he's, he's pretty pissed at Jason, and he believes that Jason is behind... Uh, the 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 leaving behind of Heracles. Of Heracles, yes, yes. He's jealous of Heracles, you know, stealing his thunder. The greatest of the Greeks, uh, mm. and and Jason's like, fuck this, mate. Uh, I'm gonna leave mm. you behind, and so I can get my Jason time. Yeah, so indeed. you know, Telamon's out. Uh, you could possibly say he's Teller gone. Ah, <laughs> you should feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and Telamon heads straight to Typhus, who obviously is the. Uh, the, the legendary helmsman, who at this point is always at the Argo's helm, because he's the helmsman, so he's up there. Also uh, riddled tel- typhoid. Well, yeah. And play. <laughs> no, he's pretty healthy. He's a healthy guy. He's got it together. Really, Nick? Is this what you got? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Nick, is that what you got? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. You don't stray yes. too far from the path, do you, mate? No. <laughs> <laughs> what does the word sound like? Typhoid. I'll go with that. Yep, Done. Brilliant. Another, another quality moment by Nicola Murphy. And that's another Nicholas Lee Murphy Brazler. Uh, and, and Telemon's in a bit of a huff. Uh, and he would have laid hands on the helmsman had it not been for the... Uh, had, had he not been intercepted by the two sons of the Thracian Boreas, who uh, had some hard words for Telemon. 
So this is the uh, so it's in the Sons of Boreas, I should say. Um, oh shit, I had their names. Ah, oh, I've got them later on. I should have written it down. Poor Pat, bad Pat, naughty Pat. It's Zetes and Callis. You'll hear more about us later. Uh, you know, must have been uh, some strong words that the uh, that the twin brothers had to say. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, or that sorry, that the brothers had to say because that's all it took to stop uh, Telamon's uh, angry charge uh, towards mm. the helmsman. So, uh, uh, though this standoff can't last forever, and it looks like things are going to explode in violence and, and, and altercations when a figure appears from the depth of the sea. It's Glaucus, the god who lives beneath the ocean depths. Under Neptune. Sorry? Under Neptune. Neptune's got, you know, like the penthouse. Glaucus is a little bit lower. Neptune's the, the, the Roman... The Roman counterpart of oh, okay. Poseidon. Oh, okay. so, no, Poseidon. So, uh, Glaucus is a is a deity who lives in the ocean. Now, word is he was once once a human fisherman uh, who ate a bit of a, a weird gnarly plant and then jumped into the sea. Uh, mm-hmm. Became a god who also gained the gifts of prophecy. Mm. So he's got a bit going on there. And Glaucus speaks to the crew. So he's, so he's, so he's underneath Poseidon then. Well, he's, he's in the same area, but Poseidon's the main man in the ocean. Okay, right. Yeah. So if he's like so, the maybe like the you know the the mayor or you know maybe like you know the the runs the you know the apartment complex you know at the top and Glaucus is what like level three or something. Well, he's, nice, he's nice, pro- nice he's, view of the of the of the um, starfish perhaps, but doesn't get to sort of look at the mermaids. Yeah, like he's he's, he's well set up, Glaucus, mm. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so Glaucus speaks to the crew and is like, uh, "What the hell? What the hell are you guys?" And lady and Atalanta's like, thank you. Uh, what the hell are you guys doing to get uh, to get trying to get Heracles, the son of Zeus, greatest among the Greeks? Why are you trying to get him to head to the city of Aetes, as in Colchis? Good question. He goes, don't you know that this is against Zeus's wishes? Your boy Heracles is meant to be going off to the court of Eurystheus. Eurystheus. Uh, in the city of Argus. To do a bunch of uh, a bunch of labors, you know, twelve labors, in fact. Uh, that's the story for another time, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. But because and those two other blokes that you that 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 you forgot, because I haven't. I'm Glaucus. I remember shit. Uh, Polyphemus. He's destined to found a great city at the mouth of the river Chios. Mm-hmm. And uh, even even Hylas, he's going to be fine. Turns out the nymph has fallen fallen pretty hard for him, and he's made him her husband. Mm. Uh, and he's cool with it. He's cool with it. So don't worry about that one bit. I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, it's the workings of the gods that your boys were left behind. See ya! And so Glaucus jumps back into the sea and uh, the whole crew rejoice at the news with tempers dissipating. Beautiful. Yeah, just like that. And, uh, and Telamon mm. returns to Jason, you know, with his hat in hand and uh, earnestly seeks Jason's forgiveness. Now I'm going to quote uh, Telamon here again from uh, Apollonius. He goes, Son of Aeson... Be not wroth with me, if in my folly I have erred. For grief wrought me to utter a word arrogant and intolerable. But let me give my fault to the winds, and let our hearts be joined as before. And Telamon, he's genuine in his apology, uh, and heartfelt. He, he really he really feels bad about misjudging the situation, misjudging Jason. And, uh, and, and after delivering this to Jason, Jason simply replies, That's all right, mate. I just need you to tell me one thing. I need you to tell me that you would tell her wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another five points to Gryffindor. 
<laughs> no, but seriously, uh, the two make up and, uh, and the Argo and her crew journey on strong, swift winds uh, throughout the night. But when the sun rose the next day, they've once again found land. Land ho! Hmm. What land did they find, sir? Oh, at that point, it's, well, we'll find out after this little ad break. Back in a tick. <laughs> So we're back. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that little break. Uh, whatever came out of that. Uh, I'm just cleaning the microphone. Brilliant. Nice little clean. Well, good to clean things. Recap. So to recap, after uh, arguably a bit of a false start, our heroes have left the territory of the Dolionis and come by, uh, come to a land inhabited by the Mycenaean peoples on the river Kios. Uh, mm-hmm. They're welcomed by the Mycenaeans. Uh, and are able to restock their supplies and head out in the early hours of the next morning when Typhus the Helmsman deemed the winds favourable. Unfortunately, they left Heracles, the greatest of the Greeks behind, along with Polyphemus and Heracles' squire, Hylas, the latter being abducted by a water nymph and the other two going after him. Mm. Uh, and as soon as the uh, the terrible mistake is realised, the crew of the Argo start having it out with each other. Telamon even challenging Jason, saying that he orchestrated the abandonment of the trio, uh, you know, to, to enrich him, himself. Mm. Steal the thunder, perhaps. As you, yeah, as you put it stealing earlier. the thunder. Yes. You know, it's uh, it, it, all tensions are, are, are washed away, pun intended, by the god Glaucus, who rises out of the depths of the ocean and calms the tempest, saying that it was the will of the gods that the trio were left behind. He had to get into his and elevator now, first from the third what? floor. He had to get his elevator from the third floor and go up to the top. Because he's, he's down low, isn't he? he oh, he's from his... Apartment, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> just past Poseidon. Hello, Poseidon. Yeah, all right, Glaucus. Uh, all right, just so going up. Yeah, yeah, again. okay. <laughs> can I use Can I use your top floor? Yeah, all right. What are you going to do? Just going to go say hello. All right. You got to go back down I after that, the prophecy though. the other day. <laughs> What's the prophecy there, Glaucus? Are you going to do Poseidon things today? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> like, yeah, all right, Glaucus. Uh, have a good one. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that freaking guy. Uh, no, why not put him on the third floor? But now the the Argo has touched shore on a new land. And mm. uh, you're wondering about that new land before the break there, Nicholas. It's uh, the land uh, of the Babrisians. The Babrisians. Ah, uh, the Babrisians. Fantastic baristas. Very good yeah. at their coffee making. Okay, that's the connection you made. All right, sweet. Uh, as opposed to Braziers, perhaps. Maybe, they, maybe they're both barista br- Braziers. Creativity at its greatest, people. There it is. <laughs> this guy's an artist. <laughs> He's an idiot. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the thing about these Babrissians is they're not super nice to strangers. And uh, they give the Argonauts a bit of a rough time uh, when they arrive. Oi, Argonauts, you guys suck. Uh, Amicus, uh, being the king of the Babrissians, he's a bit of a dick. And he comes down to the Argo and yells out to its crew. Would you like some coffee? 
<laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. It's all right. I'm going to quote uh, Apollonius of Rhodes once more. This is Amicus Amicus. basically insulting or, or yelling out to the crew of the Argo. He goes, listen, ye wanderers by sea, to what it befits you to know. It is the rule that no stranger who comes to the Babrissians should depart till he has raised his hands in battle against mine. Wherefore, select your bravest warrior from the host and set him here on the spot to contend with me in boxing. Ooh, so, yes, yeah, so Amicus, uh, you know, he's laying down a boxing challenge to the death. Queensbury rules. That's, the, that's like the classic English boxing dope. Queensbury rules. Queensbury rules. Is that I to think... the death or is that just a... Uh... No, it's just, just like, you know, this, just a classic boxing match. Fantastic. Where, um, well, you know, we'll go uh, Queensbury rules, but only one man leaves. It's to the death. Okay, right. Yes, to the oh, death. Yeah. And yeah, so, right. so big words, full of arrogance and spike from the Babrissian king, uh, mm-hmm. and a low murmur ripples through the crew of the Argo. So, when you say and boxing, do you do you mean literally? But do you mean just like bare knuckled and just just literally bashing until one dies? They're going to throw down. Yep, they're going to have a little fisticuffs. No, uh, no weapons of sorts, but beyond the beyond no. the knuckles. Amicus is all about boxing. Ooh, that's what he, that's yeah, his like jam. That. Yeah, okay, so right. his, his bare knuckle is like, mate, I'm going to fight anyone who comes to this island. Anyone. Mm. I'm mad, you see. <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> quite mad. Quite mad. I'm going to box everybody. Well, it's just quite appropriate. See, we're, we're in the midst of, a, of quite a heavyweight dispute at the moment where, you know, it was, we, we, we had set up one of the, what was to be probably the greatest fight of the you know the, of this century, uh, well, like, probably since Muhammad Ali, and uh, it's just fallen through. And that's very sad. There's a lot of sad people out there. Anyways. Ah, well. Another story. Well, we can uh, we can we can bring them back out of the abyss with the uh, with the account or retelling of this boxing mm. fight because it's between two giants, uh, Amicus who lays down the challenge, and, and Andre. It is Andre, hello, <laughs> I'm here to fight. Uh, he just All comes right, on Amicus. like uh, the Princess Bride and just gives him one little thump on the top of the head. <laughs> Good as that. <laughs> Wait, the Andre Thump. It's such and a. Then Be- uh... And then Billy Crystal's like, he's not full dead. He's almost dead. There's a difference. <laughs> it's, breathing it's, all the, the hot air into him. Is Billy Crystal and Princess Bride? Is he? Yeah, he's the guy who brings him, uh, brings uh, the hero back to life. Ah, uh, brilliant. Because he goes, he's not full dead. He's almost dead. I mean, how good's Carrie Eloise in that? Mate, fantastic. He, he always reminds me of you. I'm not sure why I always think of you when I think of Carrie Eloise, but I always do. I know. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. I think it's. I, I don't know. Know. Perhaps it's a bit romantic. <laughs> Back in the day, maybe when my hair was short and I was charming and wonderful, whimsical. You were charming and outrageous. Yeah, there's something else. But uh, unfortunately for us, it's not uh, Andre who speaks up from the Argo. It's Polyjuices. Polyjuices. One of the uh, egg twins, sons ooh. of Tyndarius. Uh, uh, he arcs up, being visibly annoyed at the lack of hospitality shown by uh, the Babrissian king, Amicus. Amicus. And he speaks up. I'm going to use the words from uh, Apollonius once more. He goes, hold now and display not to us thy brutal violence, whoever thou art. Uh, for we will obey thy rules as thou sayest. Willingly, I do myself undertake to meet thee. So Polyjuice's he's answered Amicus's challenge and uh, the king glares at him. He's like, come get it, you little bitch. So, mm. like, they're ready. They've already had their, their weigh-in. They've already had their little, like, their words, their chatting and all that stuff. They're, they're in each other's ears. And now now it's now it's, 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 it's on. It's on. Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't look like Amicus was uh, betting on Polyjuices to be up for the challenge, uh-huh. uh, but he missed he misjudged the ability of the Egg Twin because the Babrisian King finds his head caved in and himself killed. Ah! <laughs> finds himself. Yeah, after quite the box, the boxing match, but uh, yeah, how many Polyjuices rounds? Is like uh, no, no rounds. It was no, there's no bucket, no, no corners, no nothing. He's no, just he like just, mate, just let's kept just, going. Let's just, just wail on each other until what somebody uh, has his head caved in. Turns wow. out it was Amicus. <laughs> so pretty tough. Boy, did you get that wrong. Yep. A cry of joy rises from the Argonauts as Amicus's lifeless body hits the earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Babrisians, however, aren't too happy about their dead king. No, naturally. Leaderless. Exactly. Well, they grab rough clubs and, uh, and spears and rush the victorious Polyduces. Uh, but the Argonauts hurry to block his attackers and uh, a fight ensues. Mm. Now, Castor, being Polyjuice's egg twin brother, Castor. he lays mm. the first blow, uh, a quote from Apollonius, upon the head of a man as he rushed him. It was cleft in twain and fell Ooh. on each side yes. of his shoulders. See, like, that's a hit. You're very dead, mate. Wait, one of the best uh, phrases ever. <laughs> cleft in twain. Cleft in twain. You've got your head on both sides now. <laughs> it always brings to, it always brings to mind that the, the most re- remarkable image really is when it was being cleft in twain. Yeah, it's quite uh, it's quite graphic yet beautiful at the same it's time. It's very English. Like, mate, isn't cleft it, you know? sound. It it is. It very much is. Uh, and so pretty graphic stuff as as we see. Uh, and the Argonauts kill a bunch a uh, bunch of Babrisians, but suffer a few injuries uh, and manage to scare the fight out of the the Babrisians, who then scatter. Oh shit! Run away. That night, the twice now victorious Argonauts tend to their wounded and make sacrifices to the eternal gods while chanting along to the strumming of the legendary musician Orpheus. Orpheus. Well, he plays his lies. So they're, all, they're, they're having a good time, mm. uh, but also just sort of being quite wary of uh, what happened and taking care of all the, the wounded and, and, and kind of just taking it easy and giving thanks to the gods. Pretty good pro record now, really, for the... For the um the Argonauts, you know, two two nil basically. It's you know yeah. not not quite a, you know in, in the in the pro boxing world. It's it's no better way to start really. Two nil, two dead kings. Uh, mm. One was one was a friend, and the other one was a boxing dick. So one, yeah, and quite and quite a professional boxer, I'm sure at that. So you know, yeah. they're really they're really you know up done quite well really. Well, it's a feather on the cap, I'd say. Well, the question is, who comes next? You know, what you, what you, once you take out someone significant like that, you need to up the ante, and there needs to be, you know, there's, there's someone larger than. Um, than that fella, you know, just waiting in the winds, you know, to, to be to be cleft in twain as well. There's always a bigger fish. Yeah, indeed, uh, mate. To quote Star and, Wars uh, Episode One. Y- yep, and as <laughs> oh, <laughs> actually wasn't looking for that, but uh, shit. <laughs> oh, sorry, it's Liam Neeson. You can you can quote Liam Neeson. Ah, oh, righto, yeah. When they're in Gonkin Town. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, I don't want to do it. Oh, miss, I found that big fish. Oh, oh like god, eat that's, shit, that's Jar Jar. close though. It's oh, very eerily close. So much Jar Jar Binks. Oh god. <laughs> I mean, even like mm. even Clara, Clara did not want to watch. Uh, you know, she's six and she did not want to watch episode one. She thought it was too too childish. <laughs> <laughs> it's like her words. We've just finished watching episodes four, five, and six, which she absolutely loves. And she's like, "Oh, daddy, I want to watch. I want to know about uh, about Darth Vader." I'm like, okay, right, well, we can watch the first episodes. They're, you know, they can. They're not probably quite as good, um, but you know, I don't want to sort of, you know, I, I, I tried not to sort of like, you know, impose any, uh, anything else other than that. She's like, "No, I want to watch it." 
So we started watching episode one, and she, she stopped it after after that, uh, pretty much after that scene. She's like, oh. ah, daddy, no, it's just too too childish, daddy. I'm like, yep, yeah. <laughs> She's a pretty uh pretty mature kid. I thought it was gonna be the point where like Liam Neeson starts talking about midi chlorians, and she's like, done. <laughs> This is stupid. <laughs> this makes no sense. No, no, no. She didn't, um, she, no. It was, it was, I suppose it was, it was the yeah, it was the fish. It was the you know the goober fish situation. Mm. Mind you, she's inside at the moment watching uh, watching Back to the Future. Well, power to her. Absolutely. Uh, I'm actually quite jealous. Tremendous, really. Anyways, hmm. and back to the story. Oh, yep. So, um, uh, what were we up to? They were chanting, uh, having a good time, celebrating their their, their victory. Uh, and the chanting power of Orpheus's uh, gun lyre plane, uh, charmed the winds. And the next morning, the winds were favourable to continue their journey. So that's pretty pretty good. Go mm. Orpheus once again. And so our heroes gather the spoils of the victorious battle and any other provisions that they can and boarded the Argo, uh, this time making sure to do a head count before leaving. Uh, mm. Just to make sure they didn't leave anyone anyone behind that uh, they didn't want to. Uh, so the crew set sail and found themselves reaching the treacherous passage known as the Bosphorus. Uh, mm. Now we remember the Bosphorus from our story of uh, Io, don't we, Nicholas, back in episode five. I mean, I, I did remember it for some reason or another, but I, I couldn't think it was because there is a symbol called Bosphorus. But I know there's a there's a Bosphorus River as well in it. Oh, is there but, a, a crossing where, uh, where... A crossing? You, yeah, you think sort of e, uh, Asia meets Europe. Okay, right. The, the classic classic spot for that. But uh, now as the Argo approaches, a massive wave appears seemingly out of nowhere and would have been the death of her crew had it not been for the skill of Typhus, the legendary helmsman, uh, who was able to avert disaster and steer around steer around the ship uh, to safety, uh, but the crew's still pretty bummed out. So it uh, it looks like the way is shut for the, uh, to the Argo, and they're forced to land on the western side of the treacherous passage in the mm. land of Thracians. Uh, and this stretch of land is occupied by a bloke by the name of Phineas, mm. son of Agenor. Phineas! Now... Phineas is a bit of a figure. Uh, he's actually a young man who was gifted the art of prophecy, uh, mm. but he misused his power by, uh, by, by dissing Zeus and telling uh, other humans uh, what was going on with divine plans and shit. Uh, so, you know, what happens, when you, uh, what happens when you defy the gods? You get targeted by the gods, I'd say. Yeah, so for this, uh, Zeus cursed his body to age like fuck, uh, <laughs> blinded his eyes, but he allowed him to keep his prophetic powers. Ooh. Uh, oh, and also when he would sit down to enjoy a meal, as in any meal, uh, he mm. would be tormented by winged harpies, who would swoop <laughs> down from the clouds, eat all the choice bits of his food, leaving only a morsel for him to live long enough to be tormented the following meal. <laughs> We're harpies and we hear the fuck with <laughs> yep, and the harpies also <laughs> produced a foul stench, which covered the food so that other people could not even carry food to Phineas's mouth. So bad was the stench. So like, Jeez. yeah, they 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 really give it to him. I mean, that's what happens when you when you when you go against you piss the off gods. a god. My word, exactly. Zeus of all people. <laughs> you eat the leftover food that's been shat on by harpies. So, <laughs> there you go. It's remarkable, really. But, and uh, so they've even thought like nobody, nobody could bring him food to feed him, either because you know 
you'd assume like the the harpies would spray him spray them and the food like skunks and it was <laughs> kind of like the, the stench of the lemnian women uh in the in the to previous men, episode to, yeah, yeah to other men yeah the the smell was so bad that people were like oh we like you phineas but not that much yeah. oh no food for you mate sorry uh, and so phineas harpies. Yeah, so Phineas, he isn't doing so great, uh, but despite all this, he's still pretty upbeat about things because, you know, he still has the gift of prophecy. Uh, You see, it's prophesized that Phineas is to be aided by Jason. Jason. And his crew. And he spent a while knowing this. So he's there, um, you know, at the threshold, the entrance to his settlement by the time that Jason and his crew land and and, and find find his place. So they kind of like... They land the ship and then they wander ashore and there's Phineas's house. And he's like, hello, I've been waiting for you. Um, <laughs> and so Phineas, he's, he's obviously pretty happy and uh, and keen to get the salvation train chugging along. He, he kind of wants to uh, have a full meal and uh, no harpy stink. So uh, Phineas tells the assembled crew of his plight and that he's able to help them out. Because he knows the way to get uh, past the treacherous Bosphorus uh, that turned back the Argo earlier. And he can tell them that if if uh, Jason and his his group help them out. And uh, mm-hmm. it's declared that Zetes and Calais, the sons of Boreas, they were destined to bring the final blow to the troublesome harpies on account of their fine heads of hair that uh, allowed them to possess the skill which granted them the ability to fly. Maybe they're born with it. Maybe it's make-believe. Yeah. You've got Zetes and Calais. Uh, they're able to, to fly because they got really nice, fine hair. Mm-hmm. Were we all, to be honest, so lucky? That would be, that'd be great. I'd love to be able to fly if I had a great, great head of You'd hair. You'd have a great mane, sir. We both do. We have amazing hair. We can imagine what what we would have been like, you know, gods among men back then with our beautiful locks. Oh, yes, indeed. But uh, so here in Phineas's, uh, the plight of Phineas and also that he can help him out, the Argonauts conclude that Phineas is probably the most uh, wretched dudes they've ever come across. Plus, they need a way to kind of get through the uh, the, the, the Bosphorus cro- uh, passage and they mm-hmm. agree to help him. And Phineas and the Argonauts hatch a plan. Mm. Uh, so Zaites and Calais, they put their chef's hats on and prepare a feast for the ancient-looking Phineas, who sits down and prepares to get stuck into a really good-looking meal. And mm. no sooner did his decrepit fingers touch the food that the sky above darkened and thunder and lightning cracked overhead, and the harpies descend on the old man and his feast. <laughs> we're the harpies and we're back, you prick. <laughs> uh, with Zaites, uh, Calais, and the other Argonauts lying... Who's trying to eat quicker? Oh, no, it doesn't. As, as soon as you touch, they're just, they're just like, woof. They, they can fly at like super fast speeds. Okay. So as soon as, yeah, right. What, what if he teased them? He's got one. These harpies have one one job, and that's to fuck with Phineas's food. <laughs> and they've, they're, they're, they're given all the things they need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so the Argonauts, they lay in wait, uh, hidden and waiting for the right time to strike. Now, if mm. I was one of the Argonauts, you'd be uh, you'd be sitting there going, all right, boys. And, and, and women. Sorry, Atlanta. Thank you. Um, she'd be like... <laughs> You'd be like, uh, mate, let's just let's just hang back for a second uh, and just just watch what these harpies do, and just like just watch them uh, fuck with Phineas and uh, shit on him and all that, just one last time. And just be like, ah, that's, that's a pity, Phineas. All right, that was funny, guys. All right, let's go, let's get him, let's get him. Um, but as uh, as the harpies rip through all the yummy food and probably shit on the rest, they take flight. <laughs> um, and it is now that Zetes and Calais they take to the sky in pursuit. 
And after a bit of a chase, the twins catch up with the harpies and uh, beat them up a bit before mm. they're stopped by the goddess Iris, who appears on a rainbow. No. Now, Iris is uh, is is one of the messengers of the gods, kind of like Hermes, uh, but sort of a little bit lower tier. She's super fast and uh, can control rainbows, so that's kind of her <laughs> her uh, her dominion. Boy, did you lose out? <laughs> well, look at the colours. She's like the colours, children. She's <laughs> yeah, like, all right, it's about all they are. <laughs> You be guys be careful or I'm going to show you fair colours. Yeah, you can control the way light refracts through water. Really? Yeah. It's, it's like it creates this sort of beautiful prism of light and you can you can see all the spectrum. Oh my word, that's my power. Yeah, it's your power, Iris. Enjoy it. What does Hermes get? He gets to be a messenger between two people. Well, can I have that? No. You control the rainbows, Iris. <laughs> know your place in our high society. Why would you want anything else, Iris? You you want the rainbow, trust me. You you, you want this. <laughs> I don't know if I want the rainbow. <laughs> this sounds like a pretty raw deal, guys. <laughs> nah, don't worry about it, Iris. You're going to like it. Uh, you, you can put the rainbow anywhere you like. Anywhere ooh, you like. Brilliant. This, this still sounds shit. Right. <laughs> All right, how about if we make you super fast as well, like travel at supersonic speeds? All right, then... I'm still not happy. Well, you can be happy. Oh, okay. You can be happy at the end of a rainbow because, like, that's where you're gonna be all the time. Catch you, Iris. And back to the story. And so she, uh, Iris, speaks to to the brothers, and uh, and she she's she's like, "Look, guys, you've had your fun, uh, but can you not kill these harpies? Because uh, they were sent by Zeus, and he'd be pretty angry if you did that." I tell you what, I'll give you this pot of gold. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> There it is. Uh, not yeah. she doesn't even give them that. She's like, tell you what, how about I swear that these wing dicks won't bother <laughs> Phineas ever again? And the twins are like, yeah, sure thing. That sounds great. Sounds great. Never again, you say? Never again. And just to make sure that you guys know how serious I am, I'm going to make this sacred oath down by the river sticks. Now, if you guys didn't know, it's a big fucking deal because us gods and goddesses do not like that river sticks. It's a big deal. And this is a big oath, I'm swearing. No harpies are going to bother you guys. I'm not going to bother Phidias ever again. And so the brothers are like, great, this sounds uh, this sounds fantastic. And now it seems that Phidias, uh, he reckons he's all good. So, mm. you know, the harpies, harpies are, are no longer a threat. Phineas reckons he's all good, and uh, he goes on. Well, he he goes on and tells uh, the secrets of the gods <laughs> to the crews. That's a dumb thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, the very thing he was punished by Zeus uh, in the first place for doing. Uh, he goes ahead and starts telling uh, telling some shit that he knows prophecies and all that um, state secrets and the likes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, it seems like he's in the clear because uh, nothing happens. He explains to the Argonauts that the Bosphorus is impassable by sea due to the Canaan rocks. Mm. Rocks which aren't rooted normally in the earth and that actually come together to crush ships if they attempt to pass through. Ooh. The giant wave, uh, which nearly took out the Argo before, was the product of those rocks. Ooh, uh, and it was only due together. to the skill of Typhus. Yeah, so think like if you're in the bath and you, you, you push your hands together, it makes little waves. Think like oh. that. The force of those rocks come together created a wave which nearly, nearly took out the Argo. Yeah. So, so that's what's going on there. So, uh, but Phineas is like, no worries, dudes. Oop, and dudes, and Atlanta's like, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yep, I know how to get you past those rocks safely. Uh, you're going to need a dove. And Phineas's strict instruction is to release the dove just ahead of the Argo, 
as she approaches the Bosphorus. Mm-hmm. The the Canaan rocks will uh, get confused because they're rocks uh, and clash together at the sensing of the dove. Uh, once the rocks recede, the Argonauts are to grab their oars and haul ass at speed <laughs> through the uh, through, through the passage. Well said, sir. They should get there through. Oh, Everyone no. haul ass, haul ass, boys and girls. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Atlanta's not got a lot to do at the moment, but she does some. Right. She does some stuff. She does. Some Wait, stuff. It's like some sort of like some like a cheap game, like a puzzle game back in the day, like a Mario sixty four or something, you know, where you, you, you or, or Banjo, because where you throw something into you know some sort of um, you know, area which is going to like fire arrows at you, and you you, know, you trick it, and then the thing yeah, resets. Yeah. That's it. That's kind. Of, that's pretty much it. Like something out of Prince of Persia or something like that as well. Like, yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh, okay. Just get through that shit. Uh, and Phineas goes on uh, to give Jason and his crew directions on uh, how to get to to Colchis once they pass through. Because once you pass through uh, the Bosphorus crossing, you leave uh, sort of the Greater Aegean Sea and you st- and and you enter into the Black Sea, which kind Ooh. of you know. Uh, that whole patch of water, which you know, you got parts of Jordan, Russia, uh, Ukraine, um, mm. a whole whole bunch of stuff going on up there. So that's a whole new ocean. So he basically uh, downloads all this information for Jason and his crew about how what what to do, mm-hmm. uh, and and how to get to uh, to Colchis and the court of Aetes, keeper of the Golden Fleece. And then after that, they all celebrate and feast all through the night, and then the Argonauts set sail the next day towards the dreaded Bosporus. Ah. Uh, and as they near the strait, water crashed off the nearby cliffs, and the mood turned ominous. And Euphemus, Euphemus. grabs the dove, and he's like, Oi, Typhus, you better be ready to, uh, you better be on that stick, mate. And the rest of you lads, oh, and woman, Atlanta's <laughs> like, Thank you! You better be ready to, uh, to bust your your asses uh, on those oars, guys! Like we we, we got to get moving, and uh, with that bottoms again. Yep, and with that, Euphemus hurls the dove towards the passage of water, uh, flanked on each side by the uh, Canaan rocks. So basically, just like tosses the dove uh, straight straight ahead, and then at that uh, at the approach of the doves, the rocks must be like smash time, and they <laughs> crash together, and uh, the dove. Them, dove. <laughs> Well, the dove makes it through, uh, only losing uh, the very tip of its tail feathers to the rocks. So it's made it through. They've, they've had a little tiny smash time and uh, just taken off the tips of its tail feathers. I guess I won't be able to shake them anymore. As Rachel. So as the... <laughs> God. God. <laughs> um, and as the smashes recede... Uh, the oars bend with the backs of their rowers and the Argo thrust forward towards the gap. And uh, the rocks are like, oh no, more things to smash. <laughs> smash time. And uh, they crash together again. Uh, but it's not just to... Just uh, killing them all. <laughs> they're all dead. Uh, but it's not just the decoy dove <clears throat> or the speed of the Argo, which makes the uh, the, the Canaan rocks uh, dream of smash time on the Argo uh, become undone. But Athena. Oh! What's up, bitches? Ah. The goddess of wisdom and designer of the Argo comes down from the heavens in gigantic form and pushes back the rocks and pushes through the Argo. Uh, but she shoots up to the head, or shoots back up to the heavens uh, as the rocks make one more final smash effort, uh, only managing to clip this, the ship's stern. Uh. So, so the back end of the ship. 
So just like yeah, the dove, yeah. they got just a little bit of the uh, little bit of the ship. So uh, our heroes make it through thanks to the well-timed assistance from Athena, uh, with only a small part of the Argo stern being caught uh, by the closing rocks. So like minor damage there, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, and so the Canaan rocks, uh, having failed at their smash quest and receding to their starting positions, become rooted to the earth and make making the passage now safe for future seafarers to traverse. Lovely. Yes. So that's uh, kind of why, or how the explanation of how that uh, how that crossing becomes uh, seaworthy. Explanation of the world. Yes, I see. Permanently, like. Uh, a part now you can go through that any times without any Correct. smashing threat. Correct. No smash. They're smashed no. out. Just the the memory of Athena holding yep. it apart while she pushes the uh, Iago through. Well, it's a nice image, isn't it? The Iago, not not Iago. The parrot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like where your head head, head went though. <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> I'm molting. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> but uh yep so the rocks they're, they're pretty shitty at uh, athena but they can't really do anything uh now because they're now uh and always were rocks uh with no real person- personalities or anything like that uh they're now stuck in place <laughs> uh and our heroes have now made it through to the black sea entering the black sea uh they have their directions and a bunch of other info thanks to phineas uh and their goal is closer than ever what happens next You'll have to join us for part four of ah. Jason and the Argonauts. I just like to I just like to add at this point that I, that I have a I have a lava lamp here which Patrick actually gave to me, and it's actually, the lava has actually frozen, and it looks it looks like there's a demon inside. The uh, there's, there's, it has basically sort of taken shape as to some sort of like weird alien demon, and oh, it's very appropriate for our story for all these unusual mythical creatures. Oh well, there yeah. you go. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm I'm glad it could uh, seep in to your uh, your mindset. It has a it has has like goblin ears, Ooh. and it has breasts on it on its back. It looks quite unusual, and uh, quite a standard sort of pelvic region, but its head is very demon esque. It's quite remarkable. I'll take a photo of it, perhaps. Oh please, you take a photo of it and uh, uh, send it through. I'll I'll pop it up on the on the Instagram, and people can see uh, your lava lamp demon baby. That's <laughs> he's sure to uh, sure to excite the fans and demon enthusiasts. Aye, aye, sir. Yes, yes. So, so, uh, what's your what's your thoughts on the uh, on, on the quest so far? So far, Nick, I suppose the, you'd say the second leg of this uh, this journey. It uh, seemed made, to have come up a little bit better. Yeah, it's made quite quite enjoy this. It's, 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 a, it's a lovely, 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 lovely t- story. So, just just take a photo of the demon. Sorry, there we go. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, so you, you you know you lose or you leave behind the great the greatest of your group, uh, yeah. just randomly. Um, but you also fight off some uh, some not very nice dudes uh, in a in a boxy match match. So you didn't quite kill allies then, but you did kill a lot of people. So that's cool. Uh, and then you saved a blind dude uh, from some harpies. So you know it's it's not too bad. Not too no, it's bad. pretty good. Pretty good, this. Huh? Did you get that photo? Uh, I just got it. Yes. Can you see what I'm talking about? Uh, I'm gonna just have a look and see what uh, you are talking about. Hmm. Can't really say I see it, but maybe I do. I suppose on the right. Look on the right. The right hand side. There's the E at the top, and then there's the breasts on the back, and the arm is all connected to the head. Well, 
I can't say discernibly that I, uh, I I see what you're saying, but I'm going to put it up there on the uh, on the socials and see if what you, you think the listener can uh, can tell me what's going on <laughs> with that. I see like a little bit. Looks like a little bit like a weird um, angry sea dragon or something like that. Mm. But you mate, have your say, ladies and gentlemen. We'll put it up there. That's we'll put the it up spirit. there. But yes, well, thanks for uh, thanks for for joining uh, joining me again. Uh, Nick, on this 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 epic epic tale. Ah, uh, lovely. Always a pleasure, sir. Always a pleasure. But yes, would you like to uh, uh, to to tell the fans more about the your lovely lovely musical outfit, the Filthy Darlings, and what you guys are up to? Uh, we just actually just released a video, I think, yesterday. You can check it out on our Facebook. It's a, a live clip from our uh, from our last gig at the basement, and um, it's pretty cool. You should check it out and. Just you know, do whatever. It's uh, I'm quite happy. Be in the basement in uh in Canberra in the ACT. Yes, as opposed to the more famous basement. <laughs> yeah, if anyone's basement. Yeah, the base. It's probably the best venue we got, but it's not the basement that you know you're probably thinking of. Although, if it, if it helps you, then by all means think of that basement. But it's a good clip and it's a good song, and uh, long may it serve you, or maybe just perhaps, or you can throw it away. Fantastic. Well, that's wonderful. We'll get on to that, guys. Uh. Uh, would it be the Filthy Darlings uh, Facebook page? I dare say it would be on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, don't forget to continue to smash that like button and uh, follow the show wherever you're hearing us. Uh, it really helps out the show and gives us a good indication how we're tracking. Uh, and also keep your emails coming into a little history podcast at Gmail. Um, also hit us up on Instagram. Uh, look for Nick's Demon Baby uh, <laughs> up on that at some point. <laughs> Uh, we're also oh, on Facebook. Uh, yeah, so you see all the all the silly silly stuff that we're posting. Um, but yes, uh, I suppose that's the end uh, for now. We're on a bit of a. Well, we're not so much on the precipice, but we are now in the Black Sea, and uh, Jason and his crew look a, a little bit more uh, prepared, I guess, or informed on on how to get to AETs and and um, and and finally lay hands on this golden fleece. But uh, yes, we'll leave that there for now. And uh, we'll come back to you. Uh, well, we'll come back to it in uh, in 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 time. In time mm. for part four. Lovely. But but yes, thanks thanks for joining, Nick. And uh, you have a, a fantastic day, mate. You too, sir. Thank you very much. All right. Okay. Farewell, listeners. Goodbye. And bye bye. Thanks for listening to a little history. Uh, we're an independent podcast, so it would truly be wonderful if you could uh, like or follow us wherever you're hearing a little history today. Uh, and feel free to leave a comment below as well. Now, if you want to get in touch, uh, have any suggestions for future episodes, or you just want to send in your love, send it to a little history podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under a little history podcast. All right, we'll see you next time.